Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. And so we got to find it. Now's the time. Don't wait until tomorrow. And today, we're going to talk about, right, we've got the spring, we've got our bread, we've got power. Now we've got to know how to grow well. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Let me read a scripture and then we'll pray. It says in Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish. Say flourish. Now say it like you mean it. Flourish. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay stay fresh. Stay fresh. fresh. Come on, who wants to stay fresh as they grow old? (laughs) Proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no wickedness in him. He is the primary relationship in my life. He is my rock. That's who I'm standing upon, the rock. A rock doesn't move easy. It's stable. Who wants to have a stable life? Yes, amen. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you for today. I pray and ask you that you would help me to to speak your word as accurately as you want to speak it, Lord. And I just pray, Father, uh, that as we interpret the scriptures, God, it would just speak uh, into real life situations practically in our life for us to make changes, to see change. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. So today's message is called Grow Like a Cedar. Grow Like a Cedar. Okay, so we've got a lovely picture for you up here of a cedar. This is what a cedar tree looks like. I've got a few facts about a cedar tree of Lebanon. So a a cedar tree of Lebanon is strong, it's durable, it's graceful, it's beautiful, it's high, it's tall, and it's spread out. As you can see, anybody got a cedar in their garden? <laughs> they would take the whole garden up and then some. And all your neighbors would be cracking up at the roots and the road system. Anyhow, it, this is a few facts about the cedar. It's, also, it's used for building and construction. It's, it grows slowly at 30 to 40 centimeters a year. But like a laurel hedge, if any of you know anything about that done my research there too. Um, they're said to live upwards of 600 years. Now think about that for a second. 600 years is probably at least six generations of humans, up to probably eight, even nine, t- depending on how long we live. <clears throat> so it goes beyond generations. Um, cedars begin to, this is really good, cedars begin to produce seed-bearing or they become seed-bearing after 10 to 20 years. <laughs> it's kind of not too far off humans before we start talking sense. A little bit, just a little bit of 10 to, 12, you know, 10, 10 to 20. Um, and then it peaks in, in production of seeds by year 70 and 80. That's pretty accurate in some ways. Um, and so I think we can learn something from the cedar. 
So, so the problem then comes is, well, what gets in our way? Okay, we've, we've, God's first. We've now got a fresh spring. It's a new spring to new life. We're, we're by it. Now, now, how do we plant? We've got the water that is essential to get us through seasons, but, but how do we get it into the plant? How do we get the water into our soul? In a, in a system that's continual and it can't be interrupted easily. And so I want to talk to you about some things that Jesus spoke about, about problems with planting. Any gardeners in here, by the way, before? Any gardeners? Hands up. Just so, you know, I'll be careful with how I talk about this. Get not too many judgmental gardeners about. So we're going to talk about this, what Jesus said in Matthew 13. And he's talking about the problems with planting. And these are the problems that we all have faced probably. So the same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. Some people would say that the reason he'd done that was because his voice is more projected on the water. And so that's why we use microphones and technology is important. That's just a side note. Um, while all the people stood on the shore... He then told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. Everyone say the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came, the plants were scorched. They were withered because they had no roots, and the roots gave access to the water. And because it had no way of getting the water into the plant, it died. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So there's four types of planting there. There's one type that succeeded. And the interesting thing for me when we think about the cedar and how we grow was the, there was only one type that seemed to be, to me, which looked like drama-free. It just looked like 30 to 40 centimeters every year for 600 years. The same thing over and over. There's a lot to be said about consistency. There's a lot to be said about diligence. The problem is Sometimes if, we're, if our mindset and our focus is wrong, we give up because it's boring. We give up because it's the same thing. But it looks like the way God grows things well, to plant well, it looks like consistency doing the same thing over and over. Another thing that I noticed about this was the seeds that were all planted, but with different results, all had the same potential. They all had the same DNA. They all had the same future if they were planted right. How, how, how many of us have the same potential in God, in Christ, but yet because of how we plant ourselves and because of where we're positioned that's what dictates our growth. That's what is holding us back. 
or, or, or because of our belief and expectation, we give up, we hit rocks, we get snatched away by the birds of this world, and it fails. So I want to give you a few good man, Stuarty. We just got new speakers in the hallway there. William, can you just make sure it's turned up? Because I know Stuarty wants, he doesn't want to miss the message, but, you know, he's just trying to look after Seb. Um, just trying to, you know, make it a full family experience here at Aria Church. <laughs> so the first thing that I see, we'll talk about the seed that landed on the path. The seed that landed on the path. I, no, William, you wouldn't go out and just check to make sure it's actually on. Sorry. I, was, I wasn't a joke. <laughs> it's, it's okay, is it? All right, then you're sweet. Sorry, online. We're getting business done in person here. Getting the house in order. So the, the first seed I want to look at is the seed on the path. It's not in the soil. It's not really planted. It's on the path, on hard ground. Number one, from the outside to the inside. See, see the pathway to purpose in your life is not on the outside. It's on the inside. It's not on the outside path. It's not on the outside of the soil. It's in the soil. It's buried. It's deep. And some of the questions you might have before you get buried, committed in the soil is, what if I go in the soil? I can't see inside the soil right now. I'm on the path. I can't see what it looks like to go to a group. I can't see what it looks like to share intimately with a friend that believes that Jesus is Lord. I, I, I can't see it before I get there. I don't know what it is to really lead a group. I don't know what it is to be in the youth team or the kids team. I don't know what it is to share, someone, share, share my story about Christ changing my life. With someone. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going to happen. What if it doesn't work out the way? What if I'm not good enough? God, you someone else. I'm reluctant. But listen, the pathway to purpose is on the inside and not the outside. That, that seed, guess what happened to that seed? You, you heard it. It was snatched up. So, so what's this? You can build a path or you can just walk on it. God hasn't just called us to go to church. He's called us to build church. He hasn't just called you to go to group. He, he's called you to be a part of a group. You can get hardened by hurts or you can be softened by love. You can be on the path and stay hard or you can get in community and do life God's way and get into prayer and get into devotion and be softened by His love. You can be planted with purpose or you can be sold as a product. Have you, did anyone watch that social dilemma on, on Netflix? What, what was the conclusion? That if you fall for the social dilemma of Facebook, Instagram, and you fall for the lie of online, you, you actually what you're doing is if you fall for the lie of more likes and I'm more valuable, what happens is you've become the product. You, you're, you're being dictated, your emotional state, your direction, the life that you're living, you're growing towards pro being a production of a product. You're caught. And so what I'm saying is, when you're planted with purpose, the Spirit of God is your director. He already likes you every time. 
He, he, he's putting the heart emoji every time. And so the question is, what is directing you? Are you the product? Are you the producer? You can hold on to your life on the path, or you can let go of it in the soil. You, you can take over your life. As you spend time with God, you start to deal with self. You can take over your life or be taken over by the birds. You can germinate in the soil or you can disintegrate in a bird's belly. Because that's what happened. The bird snatched the seed. It's no longer, you're no longer your own. You're the product. You can become a tree or you can become a treat. Just here to feed everyone else. You can access your potential or you can pass it up. It's up to you. God gave you the choice. Don't plant yourself in hardness on a path. It's going to look like vulnerable. We even had one of our ushers this morning, Ian, singing a song. And you know what his core re- to the group? You know what his core reason was? I feel like the only way I can grow is to be vulnerable with you right now. Because he knew to access his potential, he had to be honest with himself and with others. Number two, a shallow stance creates a soft shield. What happened to the seed that was planted, but it only got so deep? And then it hit hard, hardness. What is the hardness? What is the rock that stopped it from going deeper into the soil, from the roots developing? And and when the sun came, it just couldn't survive. Why? Because it just didn't have the... There was a blockage in access and provision with water. That's why it couldn't make it. It wasn't because of what was happening outside the plant. It was what was happening inside, under the ground, in the soil. See, often what's holding us back, and maybe you back, is is actually not what's happening outside your life in work with other people. You cannot control other people. Have you realized that yet? But you can't control how you react to them. You can't control your boss as much as you could do such a better job, right? Be careful. Be careful. What does it say? Be careful how you treat people on the way up because you might pass them on the way down. Be careful. And so the roots have got to go deeper, but it's on the inside. Your solution isn't on the, in the external things. God didn't call you to control those. That, that, that's his deal. He's the judge. We, everybody gives our account to him. He will fix everything eventually. But on the inside, where's the barrier? Where's the hurt? Unforgiveness is a massive rock. Resentment is a massive rock. It, all it's doing is hurting you. All it's doing is exposing the... It's, it's ruining the ability of this tree to develop because it can't go deep enough. There's blockages. And you can't make it. A shallow stance creates a soft shield. If you're just looking and you look to the, through the world's filter, which is shallow, have you realized that yet? It's just quick fix. And that's why drugs, alcohol, it's just all, all those things, whether it be overeating, anything like that, it's a quick fix. I'm, we're in the middle, this is our last week of prayer and fasting. And the one, what we've decided to do 
was intermittent fasting, so 16 hours, no eating, 8 hours, go for it. Yes. But it's still discipline. It's still, like, the shop's closed for 16 hours. Jude taught us this one. The shop's closed, you know, can't go in as much as you're knocking on the door, open up, I want a pack of sweets. It's closed. And so what that's teaching us is discipline. It's, it's taking the reins back of just wanting now and when I want it, any time of the night. And we're putting order back in, creating space and keeping a healthy flow. I think that's why Jesus demanded our whole life. He didn't just ask us, hey, hey, give us a bit and I'll give you a bit. He didn't say that at all. That actually doesn't work, he said. He says, if you want access to real power, you're going to have to give me the whole thing, all of the soil, the whole, whole area of your heart. Because yes, you might get a little bit into God and into church and into group, but if you haven't given me the whole thing, there's going to be rocks, hardness, brokenness. Brokenness looks like hardness. Hardness of heart. And it's just, I've seen people come in here and it's sad, but they come in and I actually remember a few pastor friends advising me this. The ones that are most excited at the start, be aware. Like, like, have you ever met a person and they tell you everything? Like, I mean, stuff you don't want to hear on, on the first time you meet them. Like, they tell you all of the intimate details of their life. And you're like, I really don't want to know. Please stop. How do I get out of here? Well, I've found within church, those are the people that don't last. And honestly, when they're doing that, it's not really healthy in some ways. They have no boundaries. Interesting. It's nearly as if they're looking for a high. Oh, this is awesome. This is amazing. Sure, on Facebook, Instagram, tell everyone, bring everyone, let's go. Three months later, bye-bye. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I don't have faith anymore. It's like the first little wave and they're done. And the question is, right, you're, you, were, you were shouting loud, but was that really for Jesus or was that for a hype? Was that for a, a height? Were you trying to get high before you could go deep? And the answer is yes. And they don't last. But, because what they're looking for is a roller coaster. Maybe they've came off drugs and they're trying to access and sit, they try to see God, sometimes I believe, in the same way. And they want God, right, be my drug God, woo! And then as soon as somebody looks at them the wrong way or tells them no, that's it, I'm done. It sounds a wee bit like me when I was five. <laughs> I hate you. And so, so God has not called us to, be, to, to grow that kind of way, to just go after hype. It looks like 30 to 40 centimeters a year. Consistency, listen, you're bored. Well, maybe it's time to sit in the boredom. You're bored. Maybe it's time to go deeper when you're bored. Maybe the true riches of life when you're bored is actually to dig in, not to look for a fake high that's up and down like some of the, the stocks these days. I know nothing about stocks, but Nathan's telling me all about it. <laughs> like your Bitcoin stock. There we go. Up and down like a yo-yo. Maybe the time when you feel bored it's a time to source out, to get out of comfort, to get out of camp and go source a spring. 
of life. To get actually bored and get into the Word. Honestly, confession. Some of the times I've done some of the best studies when I'm in a classroom and the kids are working. I take the odd day subbing. Why? Because I'm bored. Honestly, some of the best research I do is there because I've nothing else to do. I have to do something on a computer. There's limited access on that computer because it's a school. And so I just go in and research different topics and take notes and I go deep. I'm sitting there getting excited while the, the kids are doing their homework. It's brilliant. I'm telling you, consistency trumps excitement all day long. To get stronger, you have to go deeper to survive harder. Well, what does deeper look like? It looks like maybe sharing for the first time about your genuine faith or about your problems with somebody else that you trust, not just anyone, not just have a, you know, Jesus only had three people that he went deep with, really deep. And then he had 12, a team, but also a group of people that that he went even deeper and empowered. And then it went to 120 and and here we are. And so so you don't need to share or overshare with everyone. It's gradual, slow, and steady wins the race. We can play the long game. We don't have to go and panic because everyone's going to hell and we got to go. We got to take all the weight. There's a thing called the sovereignty of God, which means God will do things that we just cannot. So we don't have to panic. Jesus never panicked. He was never late. He was always on time and he was never in a rush because he knew that God will do what God will do and he will use me at the right time with what I have and what's in my hand. I will fulfill the mission and the call of God in my life. Amen? And the other side is, well, I have to grow. And I have to dig deep, just 30 to 40 centimeters a year, and just daily bread. It doesn't have to be some mad dream every day, some big mad prophetic word every day, consistently. Who are the friends that you love the most? The consistent ones. Who are there through the storms, And when they're getting scorched by the sun, it's the ones who keep showing up. They're reliable. Sometimes they step up more when you're going through a hard time. Because it's deep. The roots are deep. Whereas the friends who you're disappointed the most with are the ones when it gets hard, they leave. They're nowhere to be seen. It's too much hassle, too much drama. They weren't deep. It didn't go past surface. It was just, we're friends until we disagree. Is anyone with me? See, when we bring people in here, I was going through the growth track this week with two other people. Come on, team. Amazing. Put our hands together for those people, Stuart and Adele. I hate when I throw names out because I'm like, uh, uh. I guess I forget. I forgot Sasha's last week. I had to apologize after. Forgive me, Sasha. And so we're talking in growth track just about, hey, this is what the weekend services are about. When we bring people into a weekend service, we don't want to just motivate people. Because motivation, like like a, a fitness instructor, is only there when the fitness instructor is there. And then you go home, you're like, I'm done. Better go force myself back to, to the, the gym but we want to inspire people. 
And what does inspiration look like? It looks like going beyond just your motivation, beyond your mindset, just beyond good intentions, and hitting your heart bullseye. The spirit in spirit. Because, listen, when you get a vision from God, when you start to sense God's movement in the spirit, it, it's a seed that develops and gets stronger as it's watered. So if we can touch you and inspire you by the Word of God, and you start to see it, and you start to catch it, then what happens is it's, an, it's a seed that grows and develops and expands for a lifetime. Has anyone been there? You see it. It's a clicking moment. Every time you come, we want you to just, ah, light bulb, it's on. And I, you know, I was um, studying when I studied, you know, just, I got, I caught the vision when I was, I caught the vision when I was 17, not in a church like this at all. I, I could see it before I could see it, if you understand. I sensed God doing something before I could see anything in front of me, and I, I was in another church, and it was a traditional church, but my motive was to reach my friends in a football team, and I just realized that I don't think they'll come here because I'm not really enjoying it really that much. I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it when I'm here, but God still moved, and I honored that church, and I honored those people, and they do a great job, but fast forward, I ended up doing a, after qualifying as a teacher, I ended up going to Florida and studying for two years, and I, I, there's a whole big deal, and a bit of excitement, and told my family, hey, I'm going to Florida, I'm not even going to go down the teaching road, and, and it was kind of within six weeks I decided this, and I was away, and parked up, I had no accommodation, no money, no nothing, just went, just trusted that God had enough debt from student loan, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm getting no more, no more loans, I'm just going to trust God on this, let's be a bit wild, have a bit of faith, went over, not seeing what was going to happen, not knowing all the results, but just believing that, God, if you've called me here, you'll provide me. Uh, everything that I need, I got a accommodation both years for free, boom. But anyhow, in the, first few, in the first few months, I was thinking, right, Bible college, it's going to be deep Greek and Hebrew, and that's how we're going to start. I'm going to learn all this knowledge, and I'm going to come back, all this knowledge. And I don't think I thought about it in a prideful way, but I was just thought that's what you do, right? <clears throat> and the first few months, this was before the, the theological side of it came into play, the school side of it started. And I was just serving. They were big on, like, we, we really want to work on your character before uh, we work on your gifts. And I'm like, okay, that sounds flashy, sounds good. Because your character, have you ever realized that your character, or your, your gifts can bring you places your character can't keep you? Yeah? Some people are gifted at leading the country, but they're, they haven't dealt with their desire to party. Just can't hold back. As soon as the DJ comes on the floor, they just can't hold back. If you understand what I mean. <laughs> Speculation. Back on track. And so I was out there, and I, part of the role was, basically, you help make the ministry work. You're a team. You do the work of the ministry. So I'm out here in Florida at 90 to 100 degree heat, rolling out basketball nets. Now, I think about expectation in the Word, studying bread, the Holy Spirit speaking powerfully in worship services, I'm praying and fasting on my knees, and the, the fire of God is firing down on me, and 
Oh boy, I'm a, I'm a man to be reckoned with now. I'm a man of God over here. Just pushing basketball nets. I'm sweating down my back. Dan to get back into the air conditioning because it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, I need a shower. I like to shower. I like two showers at least a day. Maybe three if it's cold. And I'm like, every time I went outside, I felt like I needed to go and get washed again. Just put, and I'm like, there was came to a point after three months, and I'm like, what am I doing here? They've, I'm paying to be a slave. This church is paying, I'm paying them to, to do all their work. That's a good strategy. Sneaky wee. And so this just kept happening until I had a break, breaking moment, and I says, God, I don't know if this is, I've done the right thing here. I thought I heard you. I just don't know. This doesn't feel right. Doing all the bulletins for 3,000 know, 3, bulletins per Sunday and putting them on the seats, and that was me and a few others. And then I had a moment with God where I just said, God, you know what? <laughs> I'm getting frustrated here, and I, I don't know what to do. And I felt the Holy Spirit just encouraged me and, and more or less saying, remember, I called you here. Remember, the Spirit of God spoke to your heart. And I felt like it was a moment where I just had to say, you know what, God, I don't understand this. My flesh is crying out, but have your way. I'm here now. I followed your voice as best I can. Do what you got to do. Within one week, at a massive break, and a door opened wide open with me and basically the senior pastor of this church of about 6,000. And all of a sudden, they told me within a week that they wanted to invest into me and to take me under their wing. They seen potential. And it, I, I cannot do anything but relate that to my surrender, to me going deeper, to me, to me saying, God, I'm under the heat. I'm being scorched like that seed, but, but I'm deciding to get in the soil deeper. I'm deciding to go put my roots down deeper. And because of that, I'm now telling you this story because it marked me. It changed me. It, it gave me foundations not to give up when hardship comes, but just to go deeper. And so I want to encourage you today that when hardship comes, you mess up. Scenarios change to go deeper. Don't just give up because someone hurt you or, 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 or an organization or church hurt you or people hurt you or leaders let you down. Go deeper. Go deep down. Because when you go deeper, the natural thing is then to go higher. To go deeper, your shield gets stronger. You're not as offended. You're founded not in people. In The best of a man is a man at best. You heard that saying before? Don't look to me as your savior. We're pointing people to Jesus. Don't look to any leader. I don't, know how, don't care how good they are on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Your foundation is Jesus Christ's cornerstone. And that's who we build on. That's good news. Amen? Okay, moving on. Third one, contaminated community sucks strength. Sucks the life out of you. <laughs> Has anyone ever been around some friends? Maybe they're not friends anymore. Past friends. People, workplaces, environments that are just, you come out and all you know is you feel drained. You just feel wrecked. And, you know, it could be a personality thing, it could be, but, but there's sometimes the situation is really 
there's a lot of drama. I actually remember talking to a friend about a situation we had known about in a staff culture within a church. Can you believe it? Churches have to learn too. And within this church community, or the leadership, a lot of people wouldn't have seen this, but a pastor friend who was on staff at this church, um, he came back, and this is what he told me. I was like, so what's your experience on staff there at that church, and what was it like? And I, I was well familiar with this church as well. On the outside, I didn't know what was happening on the inside. And he says, Phil, to be quite honest, it was a great staff to be on for leadership. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He says it was like going into a lab, and there was like, they've got the sulfur bombs over here. And then they'll go over here and they would have uh, some other, uh, you know, beaker and flask and, and uh, Bunsen burner flan and shoo, just try that. Woo! And then it'd be over here and there'd be, you know, they'd be dipping in all kinds of adding. I'm just making up. Uh, what's that thing we learned in science? The, what's it called? Periodic table. Going through the periodic table and just picking out random substances. Wee! Magnesium. That was the magnesium on the Bunsen burner. That was the one that burned real bright, wasn't it? Oh, man, I love that one. Jillian knew all about it. She was in my class. And so he said, this is what it was like. It was utter chaos. But he said it was great for learning. But it was utter chaos. There was no consistency. There was no format. It was just go with how you feel, hope for the best, and keep going. And because of that, the people had to follow this over here, up here, down here. It was, there was no consistency. And over the years, you know what happened? High turnover. People couldn't follow. It changed zigzag, boom, boom. So, so in this season, you get people that like this style, and then you get this style, and then you get this style, and then this type, and this thing that didn't work. And, and then I look at another church that's just process-driven. Same thing over and over and over and over. And that church grew to like, I think it was a few years back, they had 120,000 people at Easter. Because this isn't the same thing. Consistently, deeper roots, they look like that. That's what they look like right now. The other church is still a wee, like, it's kind of like, it's actually disintegrating in some ways now from what I'm hearing because the roots kept becoming unrooted, offended, turnover, replant, replant, stop the plant, plant another one, take it away, and it's just chaos. That's the same for our lives. God has not called you just to, sometimes that's what I'm saying, boring. Looks like reliable, looks like trustworthy, Boring, looks like stable. Maybe the relationship you need to go after this time is boring, stable, consistent, strong, foundations, rock solid, boring. And honestly, I had to learn that too. Some areas of my life, I was just going after the wee buzz. You know, wee buzz. I'm not saying you can't have fun. We will have fun here. I promise you. Are you having fun? <laughs> of course, but, but it, some, what a fun sometimes looks like doing it with deeper, stronger. It's more fun like that. If you're climbing a mountain, I don't want to go to the top. Why do I keep doing this? 
If you're going to climb in a mountain and you're trying to get to the peak, John Maxwell said this, if you're going to lead and lead well and you want to have a party, then it's not much fun being at the top of a mountain by yourself. But it is with a team who battled the whole way up. And so that's what we're called to do. But when you get in a contaminated community, meaning community that's pulling you back, bad company corrupts good character. You want to be around people that are, are pushing you on, encouraging you. I've seen so many people come in here and they come out of themselves. They lack confidence coming in, but when we create a good community of faith and it's prophetic and we're speaking life over each other, then what happens is people rise up. They go further than they would have. The church starts to renew people's mind and people get through the rocks. They start to break rocks down. They start to challenge the rock that's holding them back. And so this next thing, what was happening, it was planted, but it was around people and around things and around weeds that took all of his energy away, all his resource away, whereas then the church comes. See, this is, I said this last week. Okay, we're near done. I said this, you see, the, the, they know, it's like, that's Dylan. They're like, right, Phil, that's your cue. That's the keys, ready to finish up. It's a nice tune. <laughs> I've lost my thought. <laughs> Contaminated community. The weeds, what do weeds do? It's quite simple. They just, they don't share. They steal. They take. And when you get into a healthy community, it gives. It's encouraging. It's not competing with you. The best way to ruin your gift and your potential is to compare yourself to others and to fight. That's not the fight. The fight is for deep the fight is to get to God's feet. The fight is daily bread. The fight is prayer. The fight, that's how we fight our battles. And when we do, guess what? When God's at the top, it affects ourself and we receive his love and his acceptance and his heart emoji. Then what happens is we're fulfilled and we're overflowing. And the next level where people are, we, gotta, we have something to give. Ian came in here and he was singing songs this morning to the ushers. Spent time with God, got intimate with God. God spoke to him and he, he brought something to the table. He didn't come to get, he came to give. It's good news. Hey, what would happen if the church and our church continued to go deeper? And you know what happened? It would start to give more. More love. More truth and grace. More outreach. More generosity. More light in a dark world. It's good news. But it only happens with God on top. I'm going to finish here. And then we see the good soil. It branched out 30, 60, and 100 fold. Just what I'm talking about. Build to branch out. Build to branch out. You see, we can either stay on the outside on the path or we can actually build a path for others. We can actually build a bridge for other people to come to Christ and it looks like something so simple sometimes like space, like time in your day, like a text message just going for it. 
I feel like person's on my heart, but uh, uh, I'm telling you, as a church, we want to support you and say, go for it. Do what's on your heart. What's the worst can happen? If it's really a, weir- it's really a kind of risky or weird thing, come and ask someone, just in case you got a bit crazy and wanted that hype. But I'm telling you, if, if we can grow in consistent things and get bored in front of daily bread and, and the scriptures and just sit in boredom for a second and then go deep and get our diggers out into our heart and actually go beyond surface shallow stuff, watch what God does. Watch how you come and you wake up every day as you put God first and you spend time and watch what happens. Don't be surprised if you become a better friend, a better spouse, a better team member. Don't be surprised if God puts a dream in your heart. Don't be surprised if you become more generous. Don't be surprised if some issues of your past come to the forefront and make you feel down for a second, but don't get bored. Dig deep, dig in, break up the rocks, go deeper. Don't let it stop you. Don't be surprised if you start to to have a problem with toxic behavior. Don't be surprised if you go into a room and you want to bring life. Don't be surprised. Let's go ahead and stand. Cedars begin to produce fruit and seed from five to 10 years. And they reach their potential around 70 and 80. Doesn't matter what age you are. This applies to you today. Don't start saying, oh no, I'm in retirement. No, 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 you're not. You're only getting started. You're on the upward course. It's only the beginning. Come on, Billy. Billy knows it. He knows it. He's only get, he's at his, I would actually agree, Billy's at his peak. He's at the top of his effectiveness. He's got wisdom. He's got lessons. He's ready. He's doing it. So let's build for the, the, the long run, the long story. Let's build for, gener, for generations to come. Let's let the cedar look towards six to eight generations ahead. That's what, it's legacy. We're planting for legacy. We're not just planting for five minutes or five weeks or five months, five years, five generations. Let's think about that. And what you do now changes things. And what you do now matters. And if you plant well, you'll impact well. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you for every person in here. I thank you for potential that can be fulfilled if we plant well. God, we, we, we decide to remove ourselves from the path, from the outside, and make bold decisions to get inside. God, we, we go deeper than, than just a shallow soil. And if there's rocks that come up, God, we decide to face them to remove them, to get help, to ask for prayer. And God, if there's any entanglement or toxic environments that we find ourselves in, God, we we decide to remove ourselves and plant ourselves elsewhere or to be wise in those moments and ask for help. God, we, 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 we don't chase hype. And even when we feel bored, God, we go deeper with you and we find deep fulfillment, deep joy deep peace maybe you're in here and you're saying Philip well I'm not actually I'm probably on the path Phil. I'm not actually planted at all I'm not on the inside I'm on the outside and I feel like now's my time to make the decision to let Jesus 
take away all of my sins, all of my shame, and just get on board with what he's doing to reach your full potential, not just living with a limited idea of life that's just for a few years and then you're gone. No, Jesus came with a promise, a powerful promise for eternity. And at the end of the day, the weeds would be burned away and, and would be useless. And that which was planted in Christ would last forever. So maybe in here you want to make a decision. I'm going to help lead you along in a prayer, a simple prayer. And you can just say this along with, with all of your heart. And you make a decision today, the best decision you will ever make to commit yourself to Christ. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.